Hi, welcome to 18 through 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper, with you is my co-host, Clay Williams. Jack, you're, you're, you're so fucking ugly. Very. You're, you're just so Very. fucking ugly. Just want to take another video. <laughs> you, just, you call me ugly. Oh, you're disgusting. Just, just cross the damn line. You stole is this my two, Is this going to be just two and a half hours of this? You just, you, you stole my fucking voice. <laughs> fucking voice. You're drinking, buddy. It's gonna be, you're your dad's drinking, buddy. The beauty of the imitation is you can do one You can or make the it other. as Orson, Orson Wellesian as you want, as Sam Elliott as you can go. Like. <laughs> You could also just say, if you're doing it, you could say, who are you being, Sam Elliott or Bradley Cooper? You could choose either. The same exact fucking Dip voice. yourself in as much shoe polish as you have, you know, just get so musty. Yeah. I mean, I looked the part right now. I, I really have the beard grown out and my hair is uh, like to that length. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You you have Bradley Cooper hair. Yeah, like so. I have like a dirty old jacket on. And like, mm-hmm. My guitar is on my strap. Yeah. Your, your hair is like always greasy. <laughs> it's like continue like, yeah, like the it's grease like, is dri- you think dripping that it's gonna off like, of it, like separate itself from the scalp mm. and like run around. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, you do you do think it has like an apartment of its own, and it you know walks around some days. Right. Whenever uh, Bradley Cooper's on screen, like it's gonna be on him, but when it when he's not on screen, it's gonna be off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it has a separate <laughs> trailer and everything. <laughs> it's in its rider. Who like when this was announced? Who would have ever thunk this is what we would get? Like, this is like, this would be the take, the choice that, um, that Brad would come out and he's doing this whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's an odd thing to do. It's so odd. Is to have like the main star, like the hunk and the, like the emotional, almost like, touchstone of the movie be a guy who can you can barely hear speak <laughs> yeah and he's got a hearing loss issue too it's true so it's like on Very top of that he's like what <laughs> like every so you can talk whenever you want meg yeah please you, no, you, you can talk you can talk introduced. whenever you want i mean you guys take it away truly these <laughs> the newest member of our three timers club should be able to in like this what? should be your podcast by now second second person to hit three time the three timers club mm-hmm. oh, newest introductee we have alec baldwin here with a robe for no, you and no, steve Martin. we do not we do not he's great alec in the movie baldwin. he's great in the movie though yes alec amazing <laughs> gentlemen Meg. he walks he walks ah, on stage yeah. you know he hits his line and then he walks off just walks five off. star performance he's that character actor that it's like you're in good hands whenever he shows up especially when he's playing himself right of course yeah that's the only one. It's always a knockout of the park. And him being on SNL. I love how they chose the most SNL like celebrity they could get. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. an SNL person. Let's get Alec Baldwin. Hanks was unavailable. God. It's weird how synonymous he's become with SNL. Yeah, like, he's never he, like, been like an official. No, and he's not particularly good on it either. Yeah, he's not like, funny anymore. Don't kill me, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Or Tom Hanks. Alec Baldwin. Oh no, no, no. Tom Hanks. What are we talking? Oh no, we could be talking Man's about SNL. Treasure. No, but Alec Alec Baldwin. I don't know. I think he just lives in Thirty Rock. <laughs> I think ever since that show, I think he lives in Thirty Rockefeller. Jack Donaghy like, on Thirty Rock is not like a fictionalized 
retelling like it's actually what's happening right now oh no, no no it is a fictionalized but he just lives in that office even though he it's like he just has nowhere to live yeah well, he's, so, he has like 10 kids under five right now so i wouldn't prove like yeah. he's giving mick jagger a run for his money how inappropriately old you can be for like to have a child his wife is and like when it no judgment. Oh right. Oh. No. I mean, a little judgment for Alec Baldwin, but yeah. only Alec Baldwin. And whatever he says, I'm going to take a little bit of time away from the public. It's going to be in a few days. He's back. He's in yeah. like 17,000 movies and he's hosting a new show. Remember when he was in Black Klansman? Yeah. He's funny. He's good, but like he's, he's just funny. in these random movies and he's just like, yeah, yeah Alec Baldwin's just working. Yeah. He's in the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Is this really how we're going getting into a third? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, yeah. By the way, this episode is about a star is born, not Alec Baldwin. <laughs> imagine, imagine we just like let's take a look at his decade, you know? Um, like Brady, how are you? I'm doing well. You yeah. know, hanging in there. Post of her own podcast that yeah, has launched since the last time she was on. Since February, can you believe it? Yeah. That's crazy. I know. Yes, I have my own podcast with my friend Giselle. It's Mm -hmm. called I'm Streaming, and we talk all things pop culture. We talk movies, too. Mm -hmm. I have my own little movie corner that I do basically every week about what movies I'm watching. Yeah. Do you guys talk talk Alec Baldwin? (laughs) Imagine you guys have a Baldwin quarter. Yeah, that'd be be so awkward. Talked him yet, but like I'm sure we will. He'll do something. He'll say, he'll do something. Just give it time. Yeah. He's worked so much this decade. Sorry, I'm just looking over, and it's kind of nuts. From Boss Baby to Motherless Brooklyn to the Mission of Pop- <laughs> like, all right, all right, all right. We're done. No more Alec Baldwin talk. No, 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 no. He's too much. That was too much. Ten seconds, guys. And he kills it. You know what? He's a pro. He's a pro. He kills yeah. it. Listen, just wait till he gets Ron Rifkin. You know, we'll just God. we'll just say this that. is, but like. Serious, this is supporting actor galore. This oh, movie, amazing, amazing cast, They're like underrated ensemble. That's like not trying to be. It's obviously not an ensemble, but it's it's like little dollops of you got your Andrew Dice Clay's and your Barry Shabaka Henleys, like oh, Barry Chappelle. amazingly. Dave Dave Chappelle, oh, Dave Chappelle is noodles, justice. And he's yeah it's just it's so many people pop up and you're like oh my god like it's just and it's it is funny though because there is, De Niro's is daughter. there any other female character in this movie besides Allie um, um Gail oh that's right Gail can't you can't forget Gail the stage manager yep she's an <laughs> integral part of the story okay she takes right. the car the stage manager that's and that was amazing. And they would not have gotten there if it wasn't for Gail. It's true. She's 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 an MVP, um, and we can't forget. Um, but yeah, no, just like I, like literally, it, Cooper stacks the cast with just as many recognizable faces that you kind of know, but you know you don't necessarily know their their full extent of their career. Yeah. Um, just absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, big fan. I think you know Anthony Ramos is going to be a big deal. Oh, Anthony Ramos, yeah. I mean, he was in fucking Hamilton. Mr. And, Hamilton himself, yeah. And uh, mm. in... Uh, he's going to be in um, in the Heights. Yeah, and, and I think he's going to blow up. So Bradley will get some foresight on that, you know, that he'll get some props for sure. 
he'll be like uh i mean it's a little weird mentioning his name now but he's the uh todd phillips and how todd phillips was so excited that he found um bradley cooper and he's like i'm gonna invest make you a star that's who he could be to I don't, th- I don't. I don't think. I don't think Bradley Cooper. Just, I think that was Alden Manuel Miranda. I, I don't know much about Anthony Ramos, unfortunately, oh, so I can't. Like he was in A Star Is Born sure. as a third actor, basically, when he wasn't really a big deal. Yes, Hamilton. Okay. You know that was still. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, Hamilton. Very timely. Very. We can't like, cover that. No, we can't. Um, no, it's off the which is a shame because everyone needs limit. to hear what me and Jack think think about <laughs> Hamilton. I think that's what everyone's waiting for is the yeah, thoughts yeah. of me and what's Jack their Drinkers. takes. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll, we insist. And and our takes are we don't have one. <laughs> Rush out. Have Just you not? No, I've only seen one act. I caught it late with my family, but I I'm I think I do um, plan to see the rest. I mean, you should. You definitely should. It's very good. Yeah. In my I've heard, opinion. I've heard, I've heard. Um, but A Star Is Born came yes. out in 2018, directly directed by Bradley Cooper. Stars one Lady Gaga, um, and it is a film that we have talked about with Meg Brady ever since her first episode. Literally every yeah. single time on, I've talked about A Star Is Born. This has kind of been in the making for a while. It has. Yes. Exciting. I, I'm like, now I'm feeling pressure. My God. I feel like this is going to be one of our best. Like, I just have that gut feeling. I was thinking <laughs> about that. Where it's like all the parts are together, you know? Don't, don't, don't call your shot too much. Yeah, I mean, don't put the pressure on. I'm <laughs> Typically don't, but this time I'm like, you know what? Um, but Meg, since you've been like just just adamant about this movie well i I think i gotta ask the question why um (laughs) burning question on everyone's mind so um i think the moment that the trailer dropped for this movie was one of the greats of the decade sorry one just a masterpiece in its own right um like you guys were saying who would have thought that this would kind of become this what it's become um because initially uh, this remake of A Star is Born, which has been made like three times previously, um, was in production or in kind of development uh, with Clint Eastwood to direct and Beyonce to star in 2011. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. It was basically then in development hell for like years and years until... And then Clint Eastwood went on to make a Jersey Boys because he's always wanted to do a musical. He did, and because Bradley Cooper, you know, American Sniper, and he, Clint Eastwood is kind of his, like, idol, he basically was, it was passed off to Bradley Cooper um, after certain, um, this is my favorite tidbit about this movie, is that, like, various actors were, like, rumored to be uh, attached, including Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, J-Lo, Tom Cruise, I think uh, Will Smith. At one point? Yeah, it was originally supposed to be Will Smith and Beyonce. That's what is most famous. And then in 2016, Bradley Cooper signed on to Star and Direct, which was his directorial debut. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Lady Gaga joined. And I think at that point, nobody had seen Gaga do anything plainly, let's say. Yeah. 
strip yeah. down. Because I, you guys know how much I love and adore Lady Gaga. So like this mm-hmm. is will not be slandering her on this podcast. But, um, but I think people were very, you know, perplexed by the two of them together, how this was going to work. Bradley Cooper obviously had been, um, you know, a big superstar the past, you know, the, the few years before that, like multiple Oscar nominations, American Sniper, American Hustle, like, you know, this partnership, Silver Linings Playbook, this this duo with Jennifer Lawrence, who was like mm-hmm. at the top of her game at the time. So he was like super high profile. Found his guy with David Russell. Really? Yeah. So the Hangover movies made him huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then he all yeah. of a sudden was like, okay, wait, no, but this guy's like fucking really talented, like not just hot and in the hangover, <laughs> but also can really act. And then it was like directing and all this stuff. So I think everybody was super skeptical. I think nobody really knew what to expect from it. And then the trailer drops and it was a cultural reset. Yeah. That's, that's like, like Library of Congress opened its doors and it accepted <laughs> new invitations and AFI made room for it on its top 100. And it's, yeah, truly. Yeah. And, but I still think then that people weren't sure, you know, they weren't a hundred percent sure yeah. that it was going to be a hit. And then it premiered at Venice and Gaga rode the gondola in a little like, black one piece with the rose in her hair and she's beaming for all the paps and like walked the red carpet in the rain and started the whole there could be a hundred people in a room <laughs> and all you need is one to believe in you and that was the only time that she told that story right yeah, that's she just told it the one time yeah, and it was the, the one time that when it was done she never had to tell it again and she told it a million more times uh-huh. good story <laughs> um and and people, then I remember stuff coming out of Venice saying, damn, like yeah. it's a, like it's good. And damn. this is the real deal. This isn't something new. Like everybody, if you'd seen the stars born before, you basically know the basic gist of what happens. Like fourth so, iteration, you know, yeah. like, and, and I kind of, when I saw it, I went into it knowing how it was kind of going to end up. Yeah. Not, it was more the execution that was going to be unexpected. It was like, yeah, you know, the ingredients. Not without its flaws, I can I can accept that as a as a big fan of the movie, but it's uh it was it was spectacular. Yeah. In my what do um, you think? Oh. This movie is such a cultural touchstone, and it's crazy because in the you know in the the industry at that time in the let's say let's let's talk last five years you know from 2015 to 2020. We got your Marvel movies, which are dominating cinema, your Disney live action remakes that are, you know, popping up left and right. You got your, your Lion Kings, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, then you have your more like serious indies. You have your A24s. Um, the romantic comedy is kind of dying. Netflix is becoming huge. What made A Star is Born one of the highlights of this era? It's just, I don't know. I think it's truly kind of crazy how big it came. It became because Gaga before we was get to also. That, should we go around and talk about our experience for seeing it? Yeah, I guess that would make sense because <laughs> I think it, it, I think it, um, I think it uh, connects connects yeah. to the idea. Do you, Meg, I what was first? your first time? Oh uh, no, Meg should go first. You're right. Yeah, You're right. yeah, and I mean the first time that I saw it, I was convinced. Like, convinced that it was going to sweep. 
at the Oscars. Oh, we all were. Yeah. I mean, everybody was. And then there was that, I know there was that moment of dread in like fucking December with Green Book and all that shit, right? There was a thing Green Book, right? Yeah. We've gone in depth. We've- and I was like the dread in my heart. I remember over New Year's, I went away with some friends. We went to um, Hunter Mountain mm-hmm. and, uh, or not Hunter. Yeah, Hunter, I think. Somewhere. Um, and we they were asking me like what do you think is gonna win the oscars and stuff and i was like star is born and they were like really because like we're hearing otherwise and i'm like yeah but if you say it out loud then it's gonna happen so you need to we can't manifest it. that shit like, yeah. do not yeah. manifest that kind of stuff and then um <laughs> and i just kind of became a champ like a crazy champion for bradley cooper like oh. out of i mean as soon as i i lost confidence in ethan hawk making the five yeah. i was like I got to go Brad. I remember the night of the, the day of the Oscars that year, I saw Alita Battle Angel in theater. (laughs) And I was like, wow, crazy how like I'm seeing like next year's best picture winner, like the day of the Oscars. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I remember I, I manifested into the universe. I was like, okay, like it seems very much like Bradley Cooper is not going to win the Oscar. And unfortunately it went to Rami Malek. We'll Uh talk about that. Um, but I was like, if not him, I'm going to put all of my energy behind Olivia Coleman. Mm. And then it happened. So, yeah. so I feel like I and we have you to think that you were the person who, which is interesting. And I made that happen. Yeah. So. You're such a star is born stand that it's interesting. You would, you would go against Gaga for, but I, mm. I kind of knew that if it wasn't going to be, if it was, it was either going to be Glenn or Olivia. That was what yeah, I interesting. Thought. I really thought that because it's like you had to be a realist while also planting exactly, your stake. Exactly. But I, I, I was kind of in my head like, okay, well, Glenn and Gaga, they're gonna split the, you know. But Olivia mm-hmm. won the best actress comedy at the Globes, and she won the BAFTA. Yeah. So it was very much a I was. But also, like, you had to take in consideration like the audition that Glenn gave essentially exactly. and i mean that gaga was gonna win for best original song like mm-hmm. yeah, a lot true. of people a lot of voters probably said okay well we're giving her one so why should we give her another mm-hmm. but yeah. you know i i really was a believer in that split vote theory and yeah. it did actually come to fruition and the noise i made yeah. when they said <laughs> absolutely olivia coleman when francis mcdormand said olivia coleman my mom thought I had a literal stroke. So. And then uh, Glenn Close's <laughs> face reaction was just... In that gold dress, baby. <laughs> Clay, how was your first experience? Well, I'm same with you guys. As the trailer fucking blew me away. Um, yeah. I still was kind of like... I'm it's your top four on Letterboxd right now, actually. Who? Uh, the, yeah, the trailer It's all four itself. of your slots on Letterboxd is the yeah, Stars Born trailer. Born. Yeah, it's true. I mean, um, that moment when she starts doing the whale from it's, it's it get is get out of town. It's, it's, no, it's nothing like it. There has yeah, been any, truly. It. It's like Anytime that I shot of in, Sam Elliott grabbing Brad's face, and it's like mm-hmm. oh, him man, looking it's gonna be back. Pretty intimate. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime that was in like leading up to that movie that that trailer was shown in like almost any time i went to go see and i went to see a lot of movies in 2018 in theaters um i think more than i have ever done in any year um and and so i would watch i would see that trailer a lot 
you know, in the mm-hmm. previews, and any time she started wailing, and then chills. you would walk out of the movie, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I got my fill, but I mean, like I got absolute movies, chills. Not many movies become a meme before they even come out. It's true. <laughs> I just wanted to take another look at you. Meme was yeah, everywhere. Truly. Everywhere, everybody it's knew about so it. It's so crazy how big this movie got. Even but before, I, I really think it was because of the hype for the trailer and the way the trailer was, and the song, you know, shallow. And I mean, we'll get into this, but yeah. I do think that the movie peaks with shallow, and it never mm. quite hits that peak again. But I think that's kind of the point. Yeah. Um, but that's you know that was that that was why the trailer just grabbed people so tightly. And also seeing Lady Gaga stripped down like that in this way that we'd never seen her before, seeing Bradley Cooper look like a completely different person, I think I think it grabbed the attention of not only just people who are interested in the Oscars and interested in this remake of an old movie that- <laughs> That we've already had three times. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, Judy Garland won for it, whatever. It, it, but it wasn't really something, a, a classic that people were- no. Revisiting. Nobody was asking for this. Yeah. No one really. Yeah. No one really knew. Like after the Chris Christopherson movie, like no one really knew. Like that's maybe the one of like, and that movie is not even that famous. But that's like the only thing. And it's not even that beloved. No, it's not. Because of Barbara Streisand, Mm. that it's Mm -hmm. that it's you know known. It has that cultural connection. Yeah. Um. I think. I mean. Also. I mean. We'll go into this later. But I find the narrative around a star is born success and its cultural impact super interesting and i also and i think a lot of the times it was we just don't have that we were at a time when you know i was talking about earlier about where hollywood is and is now and was back then and two years ago even is we the mid-budget two stars you know the two stars doing a romantic movie Two people falling in love. Exactly. But like two mega stars with a 30, 40, $50 million budget, that movie kind of died. Um, and it's still kind of dead. Mm-hmm. But it was so when we saw it in the trailer, just two gorgeous people, also, you know, great music and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think people were kind of like, oh, yeah, we missed this movie. We want mm-hmm. this movie again. Um, and it was, I, it does, it did feel like there was this sudden realization of how kind of starved we were for this kind of movie um we didn't know we missed it until we had it yeah Yeah. exactly with especially the big blockbusters and you know the again the elimination of the mid-budget movie and it didn't feel like a period drama which most oscar baits are or this horribly depressive movie about someone with a drug addiction or whatever which is kind of this movie yeah and it's like it is really sad it's a tragedy like, we don't get exactly. tragedies much either. And, but in that, and tragedies usually don't get this popular. I don't mm. know. Like, it's kind of crazy how much this movie was like, how everyone loved it, even though it ends with someone killing themselves. Like, it's kind of right. weird how, like, we just kind of galvanized it. And even, like, I'm not to, like, whatever, but even, like, I feel like basic people who mm-hmm. don't go see movies a lot. Oh, yeah. This was a movie for them. I was talking to people who were like... All them out. It wrecked me. Like, oh, yeah. my God, I'm mm-hmm. so wrecked by this movie. Like, oh, my God, the music, everything. So you were hearing people who you wouldn't expect to have seen it be like, oh, yeah, like, I loved it. By the way, I need you guys to know that I was a star is born for Halloween that year. Ooh. <laughs> well, you were you were Gaga? Were you the... No, I was the star that was born. Like, uh... I literally... <laughs> 
had a star like a made out of gold oh cardboard cut God. in the shape of a star and I got a little it's a girl pin and then I wrapped like this like halo star stuff around my head and I was a star that's born. terrific it was to, date, to date I'm 20 about to be 26 years old my best costume ever yeah yeah can't top that that, you're an absolute legend. I know. I just got to, like, <laughs> that's amazing. Ten Halloween costume points. Thank you so um, much. Well, I saw this uh, opening weekend, of course. And, yeah, just, like, thoroughly in awe of this trailer. Uh, like, just anyone who forgets how, how good this trailer is needs to go um, see it again because it's, like, a work of art, truly. Um, I saw this with friend of the show, it Dan Brierley. Act- oh, what's that? It builds. The trailer oh, it builds. builds. It's a, a three-act structure. Um, it, it's beautiful. Yeah. I saw this with friend of the show, Dan Brierley, in college. And shout out. Yeah, shout out. And, and then I saw this again because it was re-released for Oscars week or like around Oscar season in January. So this is my third time. And yeah, I just, I love it. I love it. I love it a lot. It's such um, a, yeah, it's such yeah, a it's great so theater good. experience. It's, it's, it's such a good theater experience. Um, like everyone was gasping in all the right moments. We were all like collectively feeling so many things, but we weren't, we weren't quite sure how to feel because we, I mean, as you're alluding to, like, this is a kind of movie that has an old school uh, classic drama energy but um like i i always remember like the time that he first touches her nose we kind of like oh like it was it was kind of a well <laughs> like invading the personal Hello. space is something that we don't oh my yeah yeah it's like we it's don't get those, that very all, often all those noises and of course when you see those police sirens and charlie the dog outside the garage door like okay we're we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves audibly weeping the theater yeah. so auto just tears yeah i saw I rem- it oh. again a week after i saw it. the first time i saw it was the opening friday and then i saw it again mm-hmm. later with a friend who kind of i don't think she really knew what happened and i remember sitting in the theater and in the beginning when after black eyes which Bop. Um, Get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> after he gets into the car with his driver, and you're kind of seeing this chaotic, you know, you're introduced to how chaotic he is mm. in the first three minutes. And I mean, yeah, I, I think I think people weren't expecting the kind of commanding, artistic direction, and really like it was such confident directing as well. It, it mm-hmm. felt very like someone who's done it 10 times before. And I think that's a lot of what people were worried about as well with Bradley. This Cooper. did not feel like a debut. It exactly. really did not. It really did not. And I mean, I think, I do think he kind of goes off the rails a little bit in the second half. Like the second half isn't as good as the first half, in my opinion, but, but for a directorial debut, it was like a firm grasp of what he wanted to portray and what he wanted to show. And there's that shot of them in the car, of him in the car, and they pull up to kind of a light in the background. There's a um, a billboard, and there are nooses on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I remember in the theater, and that's like three minutes into the movie, I gasped audibly because I hadn't seen it the first time. 
Like I didn't notice it. Mm. So you noticed it the second time. And I noticed that's it the right, second yeah. time and obviously it's foreshadowing. And my friend said to me after, she was like, okay, well, like when things started to unravel there at the end, I kind of got why you gasped at mm-hmm. that point. But it was like, it's like, okay, hello. Hello, foreshadowing, Bradley Cooper. Someone's like, got a little bit of taste of symbolism, huh? He, he knows yes. what he's doing, hello. <laughs> he's got cinematic language down. Okay, Brad. <laughs> so funny. Such a flex. Um, How, yeah. What's our I mean, relationship uh, with the other stars is Borns? I've never seen oh, any. I was gonna, yeah, no, yeah, I haven't seen them all. I, heard, I, heard, I, saw I heard Chris Christopherson the... is hot in the last one. <laughs> Yeah, he's that's like really, 70. Honestly, grimy. all I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom has talked about how hot Chris Christopherson <laughs> is in that movie, like at least four or five times, even before this movie came out. Um, right after I saw this the first time, the one from the 30s, um, the original, the original, the uh, the OG, the OG was on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. and it's like the skeleton of what this movie yeah because isn't becomes. it about movies instead of music it's a, yeah it's about a movie star and the studio system um m- like piecing together their idea of what this actress should should look like and it's very isn't much just the artist isn't that it is isn't it that is the movie the artist. artist yeah like obviously like she's up and he's down like and then it goes exactly yeah um interesting it's it's like yeah it's a movie. Is it better than the artist? It's like a gen- yeah. It's they're both like gentlemen six. So I'll yeah, okay. I'll give it to it. But I haven't seen um, either one. I was gonna do uh, the James Mason Judy Garland last night to prepare for this, but it's like three hours. So it's like I looked at the Yo, time. Yo, fuck that. That to yourself. And, you and really- also the Christi- Chris Christopherson is also uh, adaptation also three hours so it's like and oh, you can kind of tell that this movie was also kind of like are we going to be three hours like <laughs> you can kind of tell that like cooper was probably thought about it and like yeah like, um, they, they, they it, it might have been planned to be three hours and they're like no, and the only time that i can think a, a an actor wanting to be a, a director like that uh could be warren Beatty. Um, going to make heaven can, heaven can wait. What do you mean by like that, that though? With this vision, right? Um, okay. With this ambition, because if it were to be three hours, then it would just be like you're trying to be Warren Beatty making Reds, <laughs> which is like this big, epic Hollywood romance about two um, uh, journalists. In, uh, in the times of in investigating Soviet Russia, and and it's like this, it's a sophomore day uh, feature, so like you can kind of see Bradley Cooper is trying to take from, or he could have taken from that. That's what I'm saying. I think this is an odd movie to debut on. Oh yeah, it's very strange, especially because I feel like a lot of the times that actors' directorial debuts aren't they don't star in them am i crazy okay because ben affleck his first movie was gone baby gone and that was and that starred his brother he wasn't in it and mm-hmm. like i don't know what clint eastwood's first but you know what i mean like i i don't I, we're worried <laughs> hmm? 
This is why everyone was worried about yeah. this. Because nobody was like, oh my God, this is not only the third remake of a movie from the 30s, it's also like him doing a musical, him singing, him, you know, doing all of this at once. But they I got the yeah. voice down. Yeah. Incredible. He put so much of himself into it that I think that's why it works. This could have been embarrassing. Like, legit. This could have <laughs> been, like... Embarrassing. But it's also Gaga, because what I've learned from being mm-hmm. a Stan is that she's a fucking perfectionist, and she does not do anything unless it's everybody is at their highest level. And so I do think, as much as, you know, this is her feature debut, or, like, starring feature debut, I think she went into it with the work ethic and the expectation of like the highest level of a movie star everything and and i think everyone kind of went into it all out because probably because of maybe reaction to the announcements of who was going to be in it um and it's like she's an alternate to beyonce yeah i don't even know if that was that at that point but that you know gaga's always been the kind who said you know there's one of my favorite clips from her her monster ball concert is that if anyone ever told you that you can't do this or you can't be a singer or you can't sell out madison square garden or you can't have a hit record or all this stuff like you just tell them like fuck you basically and that's always been her attitude and as, as like crazy as she is she's incredible and she does everything to that level so i do think- follow it up with if there are a hundred people in the room, there could be that one. <laughs> yeah. She just needed one to believe in her. And it yeah. was funny. And the one time, my favorite one that she does is when she's speaking with the fake Italian accent and she says, there could be a hundred people in the room and all you need is one to believe in you. And that was him. And that is my favorite one. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I just so, looked wait. it up and this could have been a, conver- a Kevin Costner situation where he makes dances with wolves. It wins Best Picture. Oh, wow. And then he goes on. It was his first movie. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. So, I mean, if this were to win Best Picture, there could have been, which, I mean, you know, we're we're not complaining, but there could be an alternate timeline that um, his next two are like disasters because that's just what happened to Kevin Costner if those two careers were to mirror. I don't know what you do after this. He's doing Leonard Bernstein. Doing Leonard Bernstein, but it's yeah. also somebody else is also doing Leonard Bernstein. So I isn't that one Jake Gyllenhaal? It is Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. and so I feel like it will crash and burn. To be to be mm. unfortunately honest, like yeah. I have a bad feeling because Stars was such a high. As much as like Bradley likes to be like, I'm so embarrassed I wasn't nominated for Best Director because I feel like I failed. It's like get a grip, dude. Like yeah, your movie is really successful. Yeah, like enough, but uh, but I do think that he's going to have to make a few duds before he makes mm-hmm. it. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I mean, wasn't the story that Spielberg was going to do it. Then he saw a star is born. He's like, give it to Bradley. Isn't that the, isn't, I'm pretty sure that's the story. Cause Spielberg was going to do the Bernstein thing. Right. And he gave it to. And now Spielberg's backing it. Well, he's also been doing West Side Story. So I feel like maybe he doesn't want to do like another kind of. Yeah. True. People themed maybe. I don't know. Um, but Meg, can you give us some Gaga context with this movie? Because I, I'm not as familiar with her, her career. You're obviously. not. Um, 
I know, but like Wait, acting what? wise, like I remember, like basically, I stopped following Gaga's career trajectory at 2014. I don't really know what happens after that, but she acted in American Horror Story before this, right? She did, yes, and she won a Golden Globe for it. That's right. Yes, for her. Anything else did she do for acting before this? Um, not really. Anything no. of note? Okay. And not really anything of note, um, other than her incredible show-stopping music videos that were all ten minutes long, giving us acting. We should have known that she had this talent in her. I mm. mean, we did know, but also, I mean, oh, she's an extraordinary performer. Unbelievable. Mm. But um. In between, say, American Horror Story and this, um, she puts out Joanne, which came out in 2016, and it's her um, kind of country, soft rock, dance pop album. And it was following up her collab with Tony Bennett, Cheek to Cheek, where they did And previously, Art Pop, which was... um, justice is needs to be served for that album it's it's a hit and everybody slept on it and same with joanne um so i yeah what's your relationship to gaga jack Hmm. i think i know her best as like the lady with all sorts of like kooky fashion and like the meat dress and and what kind of looks is did she you listen to her music now? back in the day i knew of it i wasn't actively seeking it out but i wasn't annoyed by it mm-hmm. i was i was just kind of like oh yeah that is lady gaga and that's kind of the lady gaga um sound I... so i mean i felt as though i was i was okay with um with her being in this because it was just something that could have gone either way Mm -hmm. and whatever way it it went i was like okay it was gonna be um it was gonna have a choice behind it because all of her fashion is what i knew of her and it was very idiosyncratic so which was what she was known for for a long like for a long time, honestly, to people who weren't into her music, was oh, it's, just, it's the lady with the weird fashion choices, it is the you know the big personality, you know, kind of. She was like respected more than like Miley Cyrus, but she was also in that vein of oh, she's a pop star who dresses weird. Mm-hmm. Um, before like. I don't know. Um, I listened, like, I, of course, when I was, like, when I was growing up, like, her, some of her singles were just on repeat everywhere. Everyone was listening to them. But I never really got into her stuff. But I always, like, yeah, her, she has some good stuff. Like, but I'm not necessarily into that music. Um, but I just, I really, so, Meg, you're talking about Joanne, her album. How successful was that? It was not. Okay. This is the thing. So, so I think Gaga's very much a, an experimenter. Um, mm-hmm. she's also like so multifaceted and she, um, like I said, she put out art pop and it was a dance album. Like, um, but it was, she was on a lot of drugs to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest and mm-hmm. it was crazy, but it's, you go back and look at art pop. There are a lot of hits, but the critics panned it and people slept on the single, like applause was the single from that album. It's one of my favorite songs from her. Um, 
And then, yes, Joanne came in 2016, and it was, like I said, country, soft rock, pop, and again, panned, basically. So that is- Do you think, um, sorry, do you think she's thrived or struggled with reinvention? Um... I think I I think personally I think she's thrived because I think her music is all, I I love all of her music, but I think critically it's been a struggle for her and I think people were expecting Born This Way, fame, the fame, the fame monster from her, like her mm. original her first couple of albums, which were mega successful, mega hits. Oh, she was huge, like, huge. She was massive. And I mean, she still is. Like, Chromatica is a big hit. And I mean, it's back to her roots. It's back to her pop roots, this newest album. But I do think that she probably went through a phase where she was struggling with the way her music was received. Yeah. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. that was her. I don't know if you've ever seen um, her documentary on Netflix, Five Foot Two. And it's about kind of her breakup with her fiance, Taylor Kinney, who is on Chicago Fire um, and her Joanne album release and things like that. Um, And then going into a star, she talks about, I'm going to be in the movie. I'm going to be in A Star is Born. Bradley Cooper is going to direct it and I'm going to be in the movie. So I think she really gets into that's her where she is going into and then she does the super bowl and then she goes into a star is born this and, oh the this year's the super bowl well it was the year before was when she okay. did the super bowl. so so was she picking up steam right before this movie i wouldn't say necessarily i feel like okay she kind of off the grid a little bit okay. uh, not so much in you know too much in the public eye until this press cycle what do you think started the decline like when did she peak and when did you think when do you think she started to decline i mean she absolutely peaked with born this way mm-hmm. yeah and then she reissued the fame a year later as the fame monster and then there was born this way and then art pop and i think art pop she was still on the incline and then after that she you know she was in her tony bennett phase i don't think she ever declined i think she was always the same icon just plateaued mostly to like the gay community like she's always been that icon but i think they've mm-hmm. been chromatica you know to kind of come back with her pop hits and things like that you know what i'm realizing too um a lot of her most known uh work is always on the shuffle playlist of middle school dances for me. Yes. Where it's like born this way and mm-hmm. poker face. A poker face. Yeah. It's always like late aughts, early 2010s. Hey, that's us. It, like it's always going to be <laughs> on shuffle with um, what the DJ of the like cringy middle school dance is always going to be playing. And she's yeah. and her and like Katy Perry and like who else would be in that? Like Jason Derulo, I guess. And it's not their fault. Like they're good songs. They're just played to death. Yeah, which it's is just that when you grow up in that system, when you grow up hearing those songs over and over again, you get sick of it and you kind of rebel against it. And it's not even like I'm sick of it. It's just that's where it's always going to be in my head. Where it's like it's association kind of. Fucks yeah, it's it association. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so she's that's where great. Lady Gaga is for me in my middle school dances. <laughs> Same. Um, for me. So wait, what was your like? What was the thing that? So when did you really grab onto Gaga? 
mm. since you're like OG stand. Honestly, not until recently. Not until like really recently. interesting. Yeah, I, mean, I was always a fan, but um, yeah, I think my friends have made me love her in the past couple of years even more than I ever did or, or really embrace her and a star is born is definitely a big part of that so that's why I, another reason why I really think um I love this movie so much and I I you know keep cherish it so much mm-hmm. that's part of the fact that I like love Lady Gaga so much and I share it with my friends that you know it's something that keeps us tight and it's something that we all connect over um so I do think that that is a big reason why I love this movie. But also, I mean, this like the music in this movie, and she's Incredible. wrote it, and she's a part of it, um, is stunning. It's rare All to of, find a movie about yeah. songwriters written by the performers who are playing the songwriters actually writing the, the songs. And it's like yeah. that's Jesus just a Christ, level just of blew a, my mind. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little commitment that it's a tall order for any filmmaker not just a, a first-time filmmaker you know it's um i'm brain dead now yeah. you just you just going through all those layers i think short-circuited everything in my head i just <laughs> the songwriter who's starring as the songwriter who's yeah. writing the songs i just okay all right and then Sorry. like you know we we do or do not know if the if there was actual chemistry there yeah I would like to believe oh, that, that they oh. actually fell in love on screen. Should if we, we want to take that? it in a little deeper. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. <laughs> no, um, Until I, the night of the Academy Awards. But, you know, I do think it's unbelievable because I've seen Gaga live twice. And she's so, she's so over the top in mm. the best way. It's what you love about her. And she's so just, you know, to the extreme. Mm-hmm. That I even think... I think what shocked people about this so much is also that, you know, even when you're intro to her, when you, when she's in the restaurant and she's singing, you know, the intro somewhere, somewhere over the rainbow and uh, you know, then she comes out at the drag bar and sings love beyond rose. And obviously, you know, she's wearing the makeup and she's performing and get up. Yeah. This artistry. But even at that, she's holding back. She's holding back from from being Gaga. She's holding back even when she's performing like that. And then you see her when her and Jackson go to the cop bar after, and then they go to the supermarket and, and everything. And even when she's performing shallow in that parking lot for him, she's giving us restraint from who she really is. And 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 it's like for most of the movie she is. Yeah. I think I think the the time where I see her as most gaga is the snl performance and also then the performance at the end not i'll never love again but when she is at her concert when jackson is at the house Mm. um and she's at the piano like that's that's her like fully realized gaga like you know superstar because the brilliant tension of the movie is like we know that she's um she's a phenomenon a hundred percent it's like be, yeah, and and we want we're it, waiting for the blossom yeah it really does make you forget that you've already seen her become who she is yeah. in, in our lives and and that i think is where people were so skeptical you know how are how how is she going to 
be restrained. How is she going to be anyone other than Stephanie Germanotta than Lady Gaga? And she did it. And that I think is just, I, I think it's also, it, it's just a testament. And I, I know there's a lot of people and I, and I do agree that the second half of the movie kind of loses her narrative a little bit mm. in the sense that, you know, there's the whole, you don't dig deep into your fucking soul. Like, you know, and right. like, what, what are the, what is the movie trying to say about pop music? Is it trying to say that pop music is selling out? Is it trying to say, yeah, it's not, what is it trying to say? I think it does lose its way there. And it, the narrative absolutely becomes more about Jackson in that sense. Um, but I do I, that it's a triumph for Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I love I, I, that being said, I do love Jack Maine as a character. Oh, I, I think this is like absolutely one of, I mean, by far Brad's best performance and just a fully realized person. Mm-hmm. Um, a wonderful portrait of, of what a performer has become, like in, in previous decades of what we know as a rock and roll uh, sold out crowds star into what he has is now perceived as with this addiction that has to be dealt with dealt with and not just like a part of the rock and roll mantra yeah um yeah it's i i think you're right in how the second half does it shifts narrative to him it shifts it shifts yeah as he's fading as a star it becomes more about him yeah and and the star that has already been born Exactly. I mean, the first half is absolutely about her. I mean, we're meeting him as well. and We're getting his backstory and we're getting things like that. But it's about her kind of realizing, you know, being becoming this star, obviously, like pun intended, I suppose. But it absolutely, as his star then fades, it becomes more about him. And obviously, I mean, it becomes more about addiction yeah. and the real life things of you know, and something that Bradley Cooper himself went through. So that's why I, I truly like, I, I, this movie makes me so emotional as well, because it's when you put it in that context of like someone who's been sober for like 15 years and has that experience. To revisit this, this revisit this thing inside of themselves. Yeah. Dog and his real ear doctor and, and all these like real life aspects and like Allie's, name her last name they don't say it it's like campano or camparo or something and that's like it's only one letter different from his mother's last name so it's infused the movie with so much like of his life Mm -hmm. that of course it was at the end of the day it was meant to be about him even though you know you have but but it is i think it's a testament to gaga and her star power that it's a tug of war for most of it um and obviously, you know, she just shines in the musical performances. But, I mean, he holds his own. He does mm-hmm. hold his own. He's not overshadowed. Like, I think if this were to be Beyonce, it would become the Beyonce thing. It would be a completely different movie. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, even yeah. know. Um, so, a few things. <laughs> there are a lot of meta-narratives going into this movie. And we talked a little bit about how, what is it trying to say? Like, who... Maggie said, you know, it doesn't go like Gaga isn't like fully Gaga in most of the movie besides a few parts. And speaking about the meta narratives, it kind of becomes hard to separate the 
Gaga from Ali and Ali from Gaga, as in like which, which one begin? You know, where does one begin? Where does one end? In the sense of like, the film is saying no. Ali is you know Ali is not being herself at the SNL performance. So, but is it? But then is it saying that 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 was really never the real Gaga? You know what I mean? Like it becomes to a point like what are like what is the meta meta connection into this in the to the themes of not being yourself looking for attention that kind of thing and i've always found it interesting because this film if you look at it just through the gaga prism is it's trying to make to the point that gaga was never the all flashy pop dancing thing she was a singer with stuff to say at heart mm-hmm. or is that just the movie you know what i mean she had andrew dice clay as a dad Yes, that's true. Yeah, all all the things that make Lady Gaga as beloved as she is. See, this is the thing, and this is where I will critique the movie. I do think that it loses what it's trying to say. I think <laughs> I think you can pull either you can back up your claim either way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because because maybe you know people cite the SNL song. Why did you do that? Why do you look so good in those jeans? How you come around me with an ass like those are the lyrics. Okay? And listen, I'm so sorry, but it's a bop. It is good. You can dance to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like you're talking and then it's like, what? You're comparing that with the song that Jack writes for her. I'll never love again, which is basically just a Whitney Houston knockoff at the end of the day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I mean, shallow yeah. is, shallow and shallow is this like fucking masterpiece it is literally a masterpiece it is and then you have something like you know look at well, look what i found and i had something i have to say black eyes black, black eyes blew me oh my gosh what an <laughs> intro yeah and it's like maybe it's time to let the old, let the old. Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but then there's i mean always remember us this way incredible um mm. and i was so mad at Bradley Cooper after I got out of that movie because there was a teaser trailer playing on TV for the movie that had Is That All Right in the background. And it wasn't in the movie. It was over the credits. And I was so pissed. And it's my favorite it's my favorite song on the soundtrack. Oh interesting. That's the thing is like I don't know. At the end of the day, I think I think they have conflicting ideas of what what they're trying to say. You know, because I think Bradley Cooper thinks may, maybe thinks that yes, okay, fuck pop music, but I don't think you know. Obviously, Gaga doesn't think that, and I mean, why did you do that? I think is purposely trying maybe to be a I don't know bad pop song. Yeah, I, I always got the sense that's supposed to be corny. But also. That's the whole thing is because I think it did a little bit, at least backfire because mm. a lot of people like it. You know what yeah, I mean? Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really catchy tune. And I think that at the end of the day is the duality of it is that, okay, so maybe you're saying that like these pop jams and these bubbly pop songs are shit, you know, because they're just silly lyrics but also they're what we're listening to and and i mean i think it goes even deeper into what is pop music popular music so mm-hmm. what's popular is what's popular and is what people like so it's what people want and why does that make that any less artistic or any less valid and yeah, i because it, it's kind of like 
culture, popular culture, people make fun of people for being basic, for liking Marvel movies, for liking mm-hmm. A Star is Born, for liking bubblegum pop, for liking mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And I do think at the end of the day, it's like we have to take a look back at ourselves and be like, okay, but this is what's popular. This is what the people want. This is what sells. This is what everyone is. the crowd pleaser. Yeah. So, so why are we making fun of people or why are we putting it down for being popular? Yeah, it's kind of like going against uh, Jack Maine's argument of you have to lay your soul on the line. You have to like, yeah, if you're not put it all out there, you have to like release your soul into the words of the song. You know, it's the same story over and over again. Twelve octaves. Yeah, love how you see it. How you see it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it's it it is it's it's interesting it's an interesting i don't know if the movie really got to what it was trying to say 100 yeah, i think caught up in the fact that at the end of the day it is a love story and it's about addiction and it's about this and it's true and eventually kills himself because he it's a yeah doesn't want to drag the woman he loves down anymore and also he yeah. feels if one of them has to survive then one of them like has no place in the world true. anymore and i do think if, he was trying to say too much about pop music yeah and for me to go on that one thorn that has always been in my side about this movie is uh, the manager. Oh Rez. God, fuck that guy. I, it's not even- Fuck that guy. Of course, like I, I think Brad was trying to be uh, throwing in some realism. Like there would be some Oh no, I hate that party. character itself. I yeah, hate yeah, yeah. And I understand the purpose, but it's like, it's, I, I, I've always felt it's very, very unnecessary. It's a, plot, it's a plot device. That's the thing that feels forced is Ali's transition into pop music. Because I do think main... that there is enough tension between the two yeah. to drive a wedge in between them. There's no need for that third party yet. That's my main issue is I think her transition to pop music feels a little rushed and forced. And I think the character, the agent character uh, himself is, feels such, such like a plot device that it kind of cheapens that he's the one that drives um, Jack to commit suicide. Like it, it, it kind of makes him way too important than he actually is. And also makes him kind of like an evil douche, which I mean, yes, a lot of managers are, but he, but I don't know. I, I have a lot of issues with that character. I think it's very, I, I think it's not well-written. And I think he's one, a lot of the main issues and he's one reason he's to a shortcut that guy. I don't like it. Um, I do know that in other uh, adaptations, there is always going to there like that's a part of the formula that there's always going to be a middle manager. Well, he's archetype. supposed to represent the industry. That's no, of course, it. he's, but I, he's industry, just a part of the so formula. That, yeah, yeah, so. I get it. I just and think, he's always yeah. going to be the reason for Jack killing himself. That's that's which something. is dumb, but I, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it is. I think I think it sucks because. It, it, what the movie is showing, and, and I think beautiful. It boy, could have been that Bradley Cooper's going to lose Best Actor. Maybe that's why he killed himself. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, Beautiful Boy came out this year as well, I believe, and so there beautiful were like boy? Beautiful Boy, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it did. And I think I was thinking a lot about these addiction or narratives about addiction, um, and basically, I think what they're showing is that at the end of the day. It's not something you beat. It's something that is with you for the rest of your life. Every day, it's it's a fight. And I do just think that, you know, we get that scene with Bradley Cooper and the therapist in, in rehab talking about how he Ron tried Rifkin. to... Yeah. When he was, you know, 12 years old or something. 
13. He said shy, just shy of 13 was the line. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it is trying to show us that I think Allie gives him something to live for, you know, when, when they have, when she brings in the dog before she goes on tour and he says, you made this a home, you know, mm-hmm. she gives him some sense of like a real life and some sense of something outside of that. But I do think it is just a battle. And I think Rez kind yes. of reminds him that when he gets out of rehab, he's doing pretty well and he's trying to be there for her and he's trying to be a good husband and he's trying to be better. And that's great. But I think it, it, he wakens him to the reality of the fact that it's not going to be freshly easy. Fresh out of rehab is, is, you know, probably like the high and he's going to hit low again. And, and, and I think it, it, yes, he does point out the reality that it's like, you're going to drag her down with you as much as she wants to be there for him. I mean, I love the line where, where, where they're in, where she visits him and he starts apologizing. And she said, she says, it's not your fault. It's a disease. Yeah. He gets that. And he knows that she is a self-sacrificing good person, which we've seen from the beginning, the way she takes care of her dad. And you can kind of just read that. Will give up. Who will give up stuff for him, like her European tour, like things like that. And I think he just can't, he can't handle taking that away from her after all that, even after Mm -hmm. the the tug of war over pop music, which I don't, I don't think there's a winner or a loser in that battle. I don't think the film is saying there is, I think it's saying that there, that's a debate that that exists and it is a thing. But I do think that after all that, he just wants her to succeed and he, he, he puts her above himself. Above himself, yeah. That's what he comes about, and that's, and yes, you can blame Rez, and I think obviously he's a fucking dick, but I think the movie also blames him. I think I I don't know if it fully blames him because I think I think then the conversation with Bobby and Allie, Bobby Wright is, is yeah 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 you got it um you got it and. Uh, I do think it's, you know, there was nothing, you know, it was him. It was his mm-hmm. battle to win or lose yeah. at the end of the day. And that scene at the, uh, at, um, oh, uh, and just when uh, the um, rehabilitation center. Yeah. Like it's such just to praise Brad for a couple more minutes. Like you can tell he's putting his entire soul into this performance like it's a kind of moment that a director would uh coach his performers to to kind of accumulate into this one moment it's like he can just it's that and of course we we eventually would have to mention the scene in the driveway uh with sam elliott like it's perfection it's like he's he's mustering yeah i know it's like he's mustering all his might to just come up with the words to describe his emotion. It's like, it's taking everything yeah, out of this person, right? He just, yeah. oh, God. It's incredible. I mean, it's the scene oh, of, it's, it's the, it's his Oscar scene, um, obviously. What do we, it's, actually, wait, hang on. What do we think of Bradley Cooper? Uh, well, I, I, yeah, just I like mean, as, as a person, as a, as a career, just like, I feel like we we spent some Lady Gaga time. I feel like. I mean, I think he's hella talented. I think, I think he's 
messy in his personal life, probably. Um, but I think he has turned out for the most part. He's turned out good performance after good performance after good performance. I mean, mm-hmm. my dude has like eight Oscar nominations. Yeah. And he- one is for producing Joker. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like five of them for, are for acting. True. So what, yeah, it's like. Uh, I mean, he's 45. Yeah. Crazy. He's looking good. He's looking good. Okay. He's looking good for a 45 year old man. Oh, wait, I, looking... I think at the end of the day, I think he he's good. I think yeah. positive. Yeah, solid. I mean, I yeah for him that year. And I mean, I just have to point out for the listeners that he sang all the songs. Yeah. He sang live. He learned guitar. And Rami Malek lip sang. Yeah. So but, compared but, to but, his peers. But not, did Bradley Cooper singer. have fake teeth? I think that's really the main question. No? And, uh, I mean, I think... Uh, did he have oh, a wig? No, it was all authentic. <laughs> Very authentic. It was all natural. All all the locks, all the clump together. Oh my god! Listen, greasy. I think yeah. talented, but I can't with Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, oh, oh no! No, fuck that movie. Um, oh yeah. Um, I, but yeah, I no, like this Bradley performance Cooper. is so extraordinary. I like Bradley Cooper. I, it sucks that he kind of came from the Hangover films. It it, it does you know it. it <sighs> I mean, this is just one of the least... I'm sorry to interrupt you, but he was nominated for an Oscar for acting three years in a row. It's incredible. It, it, and that's why I think he was able to escape Hangover. Because yeah. most, most actors would stay in that zone and would never leave. And he would, they, he, would, he would never grow. But, I mean, obviously, there's been a million clips um, passed around the years of him um, as one of the audience members, or yeah. the guy inside the actor uh, studio, inside the actor studio, yeah. like how he would ask yeah. questions and like and he's how got he's this like been... kind of braided hair and he's got like mm-hmm. a glee in his eye too. It's and how he he's always been trying to learn and become a better actor and like you could tell he's just like extreme professional and loves the art. Yeah, he's and so the, it, it is. I think in a lot of ways about the art for him. Hmm. And it's I think. and it's very funny that he came from like his his star making role was from the Hangover movies, yeah. which um, and I'm glad he's moved on from that because those don't hold up, and I don't think you would like him. And, and he's a dick in those movies, and he's supposed to be, but if he was that, and that's what for he was like kind of five years cast as yeah for a while. What? Oh yeah, he was the Wedding Crashers boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. 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 My first exposure to him, Marilyn does. <laughs> My first exposure to him was in the Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, yeah, that's right. So funny as the gay camp counselor um, with Amy Poehler, and they go around, and it's like they're they're just this like duo character. It's um, it's so fun. And in the later TV show, like he's not in it as much because he's doing Elephant Man on Broadway, so they had to have Adam Scott kind of be his alternate. And I love Adam Scott, but it doesn't. Oh, there's just this lightning in a bottle of magic that came with him. But I do think, I do think, if you think about the trajectory of his career, and you think about 2012 with Silver Linings Playbook, and you think about that movie on the surface, it's very rom-com, but that movie has a lot of depth. I recently rewatched it, and I do think like it, 
it's interesting and it's crazy that Jennifer Lawrence won her Oscar for that. She's very good, but it, it's it's kind of it is kind of weird to watch it and be like, this is a rom com. But at times, it very much has those layers and it very much shows you the depth of which he can go to in his performances. Mm. And then then he goes from that to American Hustle, which is this kind of black his second nomination. His second the next year is American good Hustle. in. He's good, but he's not. I mean, I think he got supporting for that. Um, and like, that's a, that's a busy movie. There's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And so to, to stand out and get a nomination for that, great. And then it's American Sniper. Which made all the money. Built an insane yeah. amount yeah. of money. A stupid yeah. amount, yeah. Almost a billion dollars? Yeah, Pretty sure. it's ridiculous. A Christmas, a Christmas sleeper hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does Those last like two movies. A trajectory from The yeah. Hangover to mm-hmm. Silver Lines Playbook to American Hustle to American Sniper. And then he works with Jennifer Lawrence again yeah. in Joy. And Syriana. In yeah. and, and, and he's building up. And then it's the Tony. And then it's the Elephant Man, Tony kind of stuff. Won a Tony and, for Elephant Man? He didn't. He got nominated. Okay, okay. But he was nominated for a Tony. And Have you guys seen him as Elephant Man? Have you seen like the pictures no. of him? It's the funniest fucking thing in the world. Oh, to see this. It's just seen the clip of him on Jimmy Fallon talking about the elephant man. Oh, yeah, that I have seen. Yeah, and they just can't keep it together. Yeah. You should really go watch it after this because it you will cry laughing. It is so funny. Like they just start like like Bradley Cooper says something about how James Mer- or Joseph Merrick, who is the elephant man, um, like the real life man was mm-hmm horribly deformed and and they just for some reason they start laughing and they keep resetting yeah they just cannot together so they just publish the entire clip and it's actually one of the best things i've ever seen in my life oh there's just no makeup on this man exactly thank you that's what i was gonna show he does this weird face but he acts like he's like the the most ugly man in the world when he's literally the most it's so funny the idea that he could try to he thought he could pull it off as in like i'm gonna be the most like the like people would have to scoff at looking at him while he's still like drop dead gorgeous during yeah. that play. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. Well, um, anyways, and then, yeah, oh, he's good. Yeah. And rocket raccoon. We got, we got it. We got it. Never forget you know. how many millions of dollars he has from playing rocket raccoon in he's good. Marvel movies. Excellent voice work. I mean, stellar. I mean, yeah. And they have and to like shrink him yeah. down to that size and like <laughs> apply every hair to him. It's so weird. It takes the entire day. The method acting is just they on. turn him into he an commits. animal can you believe that yeah, so he really weird. does and then they have to fly to like jupiter because the days are longer so that it fits in the schedule it's bizarre um i think his like what i knew him like his best dramatic turn before i saw this um place beyond the pines place beyond the pines fantastic it, a very, I, I was just a very movie very underrated movie very underrated performance I haven't um, seen it. i have a gut feeling you would love it <laughs> that's totally your kind of crap like i think oh you my would god see. dad issues sounds good end of <laughs> sounds good ideas why um but yeah and then he takes off 2018 like just um after like he'll take later on in the decade i think he takes smaller roles in things like joy and he produces War Dogs. Uh, he takes off 2018. Oh, yeah, he, and, he's very much, I mean, 2017. 2018 is Star is Born. 2018 is Star is Born. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, that's what I'm getting to. So 2018 is obviously this. 
and he takes off uh, 2017 to make this and he works on the voice before any other prep, which I always find fascinating. Like he just keep watches, keeps on watching Sam Elliott's scene from Big Lebowski. So he really just modeled it after Sam Elliott. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I mean, let's duh. talk about his 2015 for a second. Yeah. Okay. Three movies. Oh, Burnt. That's what Burnt. comes to mind first. Burnt, Burnt, of course. Yeah, everybody knows. It totally exists. Joy and Aloha. <laughs> oh, that's a rough year. That's a rough year. Eh, eh, eh. It's like on Family Feud when they have the three strikes. It's literally like, eh. yeah. yeah, it's that's he's, it's two of like those. Every, oh, wow. It's almost like every time he's like trying to be like, all right, guys, what do you want? You want me to work? Like, should I do Cameron Crow movie? And then like everybody's like, no. Should I play a chef again? Like I know he likes to cook, so it's like maybe that's why he takes the role. He's very method. And it's like, all right, should I go back to David? Twenty seventeen. It was twenty sixteen is War Dogs, which he's in but not starring in. Oh, okay. He's in it, and he's also in Ten Cloverfield Lane. He's like a voice. Oh no, kidding. Okay. Ten Cloverfield Lane, and then it's twenty seventeen is literally just Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, Voice mm-hmm. of Rocket. 2018 Avengers Infinity War. Mm-hmm. A little sleeper indie hit. Yeah, and made like zero dollars. Yeah. Um, a Star is Born. Yeah. And The Mule. <laughs> oh, yes. Right, yes, right. yes. I'm so sorry. Made $175 million on a $50 million budget. Mm-hmm. The Mule? Yep. Vroom, vroom, vroom. I mean, the dude is, I mean, if we look at like box office wise, he's actually underrated, like one of the most successful boss box office in the just, era of the dead movie star he can kind of like reel in but it's, but the thing is, like. it's weird because he is in the two biggest movies of the past two years yeah and the guardians movies which were very well, also the hangover movies are like some of the most successful comedies ever made yeah. well, totally but people forget he's in the marvel movies because it's, it's true it's- and yeah. also, he does a very good job, and you don't even really realize it's him. It's not his own voice. You know, he's like, he has a thing. He's, he's he is Rocket just... Raccoon. Yeah. Um, and also, like, well, speaking of his box office, I mean, this movie made $436 million worldwide on a $30 million budget, or I guess 36 Shit Wild. like that does not happen anymore. No. This was, no, a, it, yeah. like, as much as I have said it, like, three times, it was a cultural reset. And like, it really truly. was. I don't know what it reset because nothing has happened since and now like movies are dying. Thank you, coronavirus. But it was the cultural reset. Mm -hmm. It just captured something that I don't think we'll see for some time. Two just huge celebrities, superstars in their own rights. Having meta narratives connect to this film that surround, that really influences the context surrounding this entire film, an amazing trailer um, a time where again these movies just don't are not made like there's nothing uh, like a melodrama 36 million dollar budget with two superstars that's that doesn't that isn't like this that isn't trying to be like an Oscar Oscar movie it's not like a period drama and it's not trying to be a huge mega hit or flashy movie like Bohemian Rhapsody it is just it's exactly what it's it, it's in that it's in the middle of all of it it's in the middle of populist entertainment and um uh prestige oscar dramas it's yeah, in, in that exact it's, it's like a really good middle ground yeah 
and it's kind it's, of what I thought Knives Out was going to be too. Did you? Mm-hmm. Were you a little disappointed by Knives Out too? Uh, I know. I'm. I was just going to say like it was um, um, the mid budget drama is. But you thought it. Little, you thought it was going to be more dramatic. You didn't think it was going to be a comedy. No, I. I thought it was going to. Um, I, I thought it was going to have a bigger play at the Oscars. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. And also that. Surprise! It got screenplay. Like right, after. Yeah. And uh, it was it was just the budget given is sort of a signal for how it may perform. So you can I, I kind of tie in stars. I mean, I, I would say they probably would have counted a star is born as a success if it made a hundred million. Mm. Oh yeah, no question. Like Little Women made a hundred million, and it, it, mm-hmm. it. I mean, to me, as you know, a white woman, it did very much feel like Little Woman. Women was a cultural reset. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a big deal that it crossed 100 million. It really was huge. And the fact that this made half a billion dollars is wide world. It's crazy. And it made half of that worldwide, which is. Yeah. I it's not like this movie doesn't. You don't think this movie won't translate overseas, but you don't think it will translate that well. I mean, it is very much a tale as old as time in the sense it's that true. Girl meets boy, boy makes her a star, girl. But the musical connections is very Americana. Yeah. It is, and it is the Amer- it is very American dream, you know, mm-hmm. of yeah. like star and and you know, working class. Um, but I mean, I think this movie is it it comes at you guns blazing. Like, oh, the first 40 minutes just the first 40 minutes are like a fucking bullet out of a gun it is truly non-stop just building 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 to that shallow scene yeah and then almost, like yeah. i don't remember other than maybe the on your left scene in avengers endgame mm-hmm. feeling that way in a movie theater and so oh yeah it, it was it's, transformative it was transcendent it was just a moment i mean like i said cultural reset i'll say it again it was just like it chills everyone you tell it it washed over everyone in the theater and just was mesmerizing brad and and, uh matt labatik who shot this yeah they have a really good sense of transitions i think Mm -hmm. um the transition from like the uh, as we were talking about like the black eyes opening sequence to inside the car the limousine and then going to the drag bar mm-hmm. is like so um yeah it's just really well executed because you don't you feel as though you are with uh with jack coming from that chaos and then you're just sort of like you're not calm but you're just in a different setting with your I ears ringing. Dragged along for the ride, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His own decision, where I was like, "I'll go into this bar," but then Anthony Rabos gets him, and he's like, "Oh, you gotta sit down. You gotta meet my girl Allie. You gotta meet my blah 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 blah." And then he gets dragged backstage, and then they're like, "Will you sign my boob?" And he just wants to talk to her, and he's waiting for her. It is truly, it is like you are being dragged along with him. Yeah. And then you hit, you know, the cop bar where it kind of slows down and and then the supermarket and then it's the parking lot where he's and i mean i love the line where she starts singing tell me something boy aren't you tired trying to fill that void or do you need more ain't it 
parts living so hardcore. <laughs> and he said, is that me? And she goes, that's you. That's you. And it's like that instant connection of knowing someone to their core. It's, I mean, this, the yeah. first 45 minutes of this movie hits Perfect. Perfect. perfectly. Yeah. And I do think at the end of the day, and I've read people write this and, I, and I've mm. talked about this with friends as well, that there is a purpose for how like you feel literally high watching shallow. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The highest the movie takes you. Well, it's yeah. the peak of a relationship. In terms of, yes, in terms of that. And I mean, even like you watch Always Remember Us This Way and it's a beautiful performance and they're so happy in that moment. And then the minute after she gets off stage, it's Rez being like, hey, like mm. I want to sign you. And then it, then it, you know. It goes um, into a different mode, yeah. It does, it goes into a different mode. And, and I do think it's like, I mean, I don't know if people are giving Bradley too much credit as a filmmaker, but I do believe that Shallow is meant to be the peak of the movie because you're meant well, to and that it that it does his decline then starts because I do think he's the main character at the end of the day, and that's why. Yeah, if she was the main character, it wouldn't feel that way. I that think I will down after that because she's still I mean, we, living her best mm-hmm. life. She's in love with this man. She's happy. She's living her dream, and he starts losing it. You know, mm-hmm. I think the relationship is the main character. I know that's a cop out to say, but I think that's, I mean, they're two broken people at the end of the day. One's looking for validation because all her life she's been told that she isn't good enough. Yeah. And one is having this, you know, has a lot of childhood trauma and has a lot of unresolved issues and, and, you know, puts all of that into the drug, the drinking and the um, drugs and all of that. So they're two broken people who have this relationship. And so when the relationship peaks, that's when the movie peaks, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, like you said, I do think that it is on purpose because that's what a lot of great, there's always, you know, there are a ton of movies that um, that document the rise and fall of something. And that yep. there will always be this peak of euphoria in the middle of the movie, then you see the decline of all of it. I mean, look at, you know, some Scorsese, Goodfellas, that's the same exact thing. Um, Wolf on Wall Street, it's that, you know, you feel what the characters are feeling in the sense of everything's going great. And then when starts when things start going down, you feel that, you know, that plummet, really. You feel that, like, drop in emotion. And, I mean, like, I you were talking about, um, Meg, you were talking about basically the feeling of seeing her you know do shallow for the first time how like it's one of i agree it's like one of the most visceral um reactions i've ever had in a theater like yeah i emotionally a lot of it and hearing it in the trailer Mm -hmm. oh yeah because like mm -hmm. stunning to watch in its in its entirety because it's such a trope of like the shy girl who doesn't feel Mm -hmm. comfortable performing that that gains the courage and she storms out onto that stage and grabs that microphone and he's, you know, testing her and he's giving her this opportunity. And so it is so much a trope, but it is so the way it builds, it, it's just so perfectly crafted. And I do believe that, you know, Bradley Cooper didn't get nominated for best director, but I think, you know, if, if you made the Academy watch that scene and that scene only, and that was what you judged him on, I think you'd be remiss to not give him an I think this movie would have won everything if it was, because I think it's one of the more perfect movie moments. I just, I mean, it's like you talked about the trailer, like 
we saw that scene, her coming on that stage a million times over, and I got chills every time I watched it. I watched it every day. Yeah, exactly. And it shouldn't really work as well as it does when you see it for first played out and it shouldn't really like work more or like better than it does in the trailer since you've seen it so many times but it does it does um i the moment she just grabs the microphone and starts to sing i like my body <laughs> had a cultural reset oh, in the sense of like i couldn't personally reset what was happening will. I basically, like, I almost started sobbing uncontrollably for no reason. I just had that moment of just, like, I don't know what's happening. My body can't handle it. I don't, like, I, or my mind, my brain can't handle what is happening. My, you know, um, my, uh, what's it fucking called? My endorphins are out of this fucking world right now. And it's not like we have to put a pin on... A, a reason but it could be that thing like movie magic it is it's, it's that, true it's that it is endorphin that only you know cinema can produce but you know and that, I, I guess that's and it has to be in the theater this doesn't happen so, not it, the, that kind of reaction does not happen outside the theater yeah i do think that you know i said before about how i think bradley's gonna have some flops before he has another hit but i do think that even if if he directs, you know, five more movies in his life, if he directs 10 more movies in his life, I do think if they're all flops, he will be remembered for A Star is Born and for, and I think it'll age, the directing will age better than it's even been received at this point. I mean, we talk about the fact that Bradley Cooper has a Grammy, but not an Oscar for this movie. It is kind of nuts. It's weird. Nuts. It is crazy. That is nuts. Yeah. And I mean, that's actually, yeah. It is like, it is very much weird. It is is a tough break that Rami Malik won Best Actor. I do think I could have put, you know, I mean, should we talk about the Oscars campaign? Yeah, we should talk. We we you know we could talk about Ethan Hawke and First Reformed. You know that wasn't nominated. Uh-huh. Um, we can talk about some other performances that year. You know, I think about if Beale Street could talk every day yeah. of my life and how it was snubbed. <laughs> I mean, obviously Brian Tyree Henry would have been in Best Supporting. So. Um, we can nominate him uh, this year. You know, I, I mean, we got nothing. But um, yeah. yeah, might as well just do like I, a yeah redo. I do think that. What I suspect, <laughs> Warner Brothers was just too confident that they thought this movie would just speak for itself. Nobody had to just go the extra mile with campaigning. Um, they should have them. Like, they should, yeah, of course they should have. And I mean, truly, like as much as, but Bradley Cooper didn't start campaigning until he stepped on that stage in Vegas at Lady Gaga's Enigma show and performed. <laughs> That's the day he started campaigning. It was like yeah. three before the Oscars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like voting was about to be closed. It was too little too late. He was very up his own ass about this. Yeah. He was very He wasn't game. He was like, oh, this is my art. Like why I don't need to be interviewed about this. <laughs> What's with the pageantry? Right. Like, why am I, you know, and and I mean Gaga did that for her best original song Oscar. She <laughs> went for it and she got to do her speeches, you know, when she and Glenn tied at the Critics' Choice and she's sobbing. I mean, yes, God, that's right. always over the top with that stuff, but I adore her. Um, 
the Bradley it was too little too late for this movie yeah. and and I mean I think it was a I mean you talk about what was nominated for best picture this year Black Panther Black Clansman yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody The Favorite Roma A Star Is Born Vice and Green Book there's there's a little bit of you know there's some questionable and I mean, and I mean we were praying I think that Roma would win like I think a lot of people were just oh, yeah, praying. Listen, yeah. Roma's a great movie. Mm-hmm. It's very, very emotional. It's not my favorite movie that year. I think it's maybe, maybe like right outside my top 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about Black Klansman, you talk about Black Panther, you talk about the favorite, the favorite. You talk about A Star is Born, any of those movies. Yeah. Green Book. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think, I think Clay and I, at that time even, we were grasping at straws that like weren't even existing. You know, like yeah. Roma has this. I, I know it. it it's going to make history. We're going to see Alfonso Cuarón walk away with three Oscars. I know it. It's was like, it, no, no, not a chance. No, it, it's well, he walked away for director. He he, walk and away cinematography. With some stuff. Um, but it was, yeah. it was not just you guys. Everybody. Every podcast I listen to, yeah. okay, but there's no, they're not gonna, do, they're not gonna give it to me. They're not. There's no way. And I think everybody was just kidding themselves. They were kidding themselves because kidding, yeah. it was your your typical the help driving Miss Daisy. Your yeah. your performative, you know. Oh, you know, racism 101 for white people, basically. Yeah. You know, and like it's okay, Boomer the movie. There's, there's this white person who was not racist. Oh, but uh, yeah. like literally, that's what it is. Yeah. It is yeah. I mean, obviously, we've got, talked about it. We've talked yeah, about it. I mean, everybody we've knows. We've been there. Obviously, we got Parasite, and I do think, like, I do love the fact that Parasite won and Roma hadn't won. You know what I mean? Like, it, it does make the parasite. It gave it a little more of a sweeter taste. So much more mm-hmm. special, but at the same time, it is still just like, okay, like you're going to give it to Parasite this year, but last year you gave it to Green yeah. Like, how, like, I know you're inducting a lot more diverse young members to the Academy, but uh, there's no way that they just caused this overhaul, you know? It, and I'm it, sure it, once we talk like, about the movie, we'll go more in depth, but it's like, it's like going Green from... Book. Go ahead. <laughs> Since Green Book was competing against Black Klansman that year, I think that's what stung even more. Or it's like, oh man, it's it's like going. We gave Spike his Oscar. They we're good. We're good. The honorary Oscar, no less. Stuff you know, they gave us Olivia Coleman winning for the favorite. They gave us Regina King for a Field Street Talk. They gave us Spike. You know, and then they're like, okay, so you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Here's here's Green Book. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I mean, if you think about as a treat, as a treat, right? You think about, I mean, my favorite movie that year, I think, is Spider Man to the Spider Verse. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty hard to, and of it. course, winning animated, uh, I mean, ground, yeah, broke ground. Have these little moments of victory, but yeah. then remember that night when Green Book won screenplay, when when both Green Rhapsody won editing. Yeah, you're just like. What is happening? And then they distract you with the Regina King. They distract you with the Olivia Coleman. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam, Green Book, best picture. And and uh, I'm and even Julia Roberts was like, oh. 
<laughs> no, truly Julia Roberts. Poor Julia Roberts. Having to poor Julia Roberts, like tasked with yeah. delivering the bad news. It's <laughs> like man won Brit Best Visual Effects. Yeah. Oh yeah. For first man. And wait, and so we won. What won? Shape of Water won before Green Green Book. Yeah. So we talked about it. It's as if we did an episode like, on Shape of Water. The stark difference between, um, the stark difference between Green Book winning to um, Parasite winning is like the inverse of of electing Barack Obama as president to Donald Trump. It is. It is kind of like, what the fuck are we doing here? How can the same people vote for the like the like? How could the same people vote for these two things? Exactly. Exactly. It's this huge paradigm shift. It does very much feel like Parasite winning Best Picture is the last good thing that's ever going to happen, doesn't it? I yeah, I, I think it, I think it could be. Oh. I mean, and, ju- and to be clear, and I just want to make this super fucking clear, Parasite oh, no. is the Obama, and Gre- Green Book is the Trump. I just want to make that very clear. Yeah. No, I don't. Oh, think- okay. Very. Oh, thank you. Okay. So very good. clear. Thank you. Oh. Very clear. Okay. All right. Well, in case we're in court, wanted... it's like Mulaney. Like, I have to say, I'm kidding after every joke. Have... Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I do want to, we can wrap up the Oscar talk, but I want to, I want to shout out how bad the best actor five nominees were. Uh, oh, it's wait, a... wait. I, I want to try and, it's pathetic. I want to see if I can get it. Go ahead. Uh, Vigo. Yes. Yep. Brad. Yep. Yep. Christian. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got two more. One. Yeah, I do have two more. Ra- Who uh, damn. Uh, damn, girl. Rami. Uh, <laughs> and um, the fifth one is, is it? The, is it like a random uh, it is outsider random. looking in? Yeah. This one's a gem, actually. Is it a gem? Yeah. Is it's it like this guy belongs to be here? To the f- it does, but you would never expect it for this movie. Yeah, it's a man yeah. who deserves an Oscar and doesn't have one, but was random. He doesn't have one yet? Do you think he'll win one someday? I hope so, very much. He should have won He should have won the year before. For something different that he wasn't even nominated for. For something different he wasn't nominated for. We talk about his performance a lot. Yeah, we, yeah what is it? It's Willem Dafoe. Oh, Eddie Turner's Gate. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. These nominations suck. I mean, I love Defoe, and I think he's good no, in that movie. No, uh, he, um, he but was I don't nominated know if he make the for five. Florida Project. Was he? Yeah. But he didn't win. No. I, I, no, he didn't in win. In my mind. Yeah, that was... In my heart. Yeah. I mean, but like perfect performance, but okay. Malik, fuck amazing, that performance. Bale, I like him in that movie. I don't think he should be nominated for that yeah, movie. Yeah, let's, let's limit the Bale talk. Um, Morden's Vigo, fuck that performance. Um, Cooper, good, deserves to be in the five. Defoe, it's okay. I mean, he's good in the movie, but I don't know if I want to nominate anything from that movie. I, mean, I think I it's just, an okay movie. I think of this five, like Bradley deserved it for sure. Yeah. Like, I don't, it's think not it's even close. It's even not even close. Yeah. Like, that's the thing because I do, I've said this, I've said about how Bradley Cooper was robbed of his Oscar for A Star is Born, and I have friends who disagree, but. Well, those friends are wrong. I think of this five, I I know there were good per, other good performances that did not get nominated this year, but I think of this five, Bradley yeah, that's a different conversation. Bradley should have ran away with it, especially yeah. 
not having to, to I mean and I guess I don't know if he like did all his split and he didn't get nominated for director and if he was campaigning too much as director and that's what happened here and I, I do think maybe that possibly possibly but but I just think in general like common sense but I don't know what it was the Bohemian Rhapsody I mean I think it's Freddie Mercury I think people like Freddie Mercury so we voted for Freddie Mercury also that I think that's really it 900 million dollars oh fuck that fuck that 900 million dollars jack honestly i never want to talk about that movie on this podcast (laughs) honestly i never want to talk about it i will talk about joker five times before i talk about bohemian rhapsody (laughs) my goodness i fucking hate that movie well no i mean we we hated um of course we'll have to dislike some and like others but but it's there's nothing I think that there are some, there is the golden rule of like we will do anything of the of the decade. We know? will, but I will real, but I will get I will my, it will and, be their and shortest I, my, episode. <laughs> I just won't have anything to say. It, it's bad. Yeah, of course. None of us will, but my thing is also like I don't think anyone will pick it. That's why that's, I'm that's why, that's why I can say that with confidence is that <laughs> fuck that movie. Um but yeah, those fi- that those that five really sucks. Um this movie's good. Uh <laughs> i that's 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 how um is there anything else we want to just like shout out i mean there's so much to talk about i mean sam elliott okay well, let's oh yeah him. let's give him a little let's, yeah let's give him i mean you know just the man the myth the legend um him saying fuck for some reason is really cool <laughs> i just like him just <laughs> dropping the f-bomb in his voice he looks like my grandfather voice so that's why i'm looks always like everyone's grandfather he had <laughs> he had the momentum for a while yeah he really did. Yeah, he, people yeah. did think he was going to win. And at some point, it really flipped to Mahershala. And, like, I mean, this five, there's one I think I can get rid of here. But this five is strong. Mahershala Ali for Green Book. Adam Driver for Black Klansman. Sam Elliott, A Star is Born. Richard E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive yeah. Me? Just he also had momentum. He had momentum for a minute. Yeah, he did. Oh, I wanted it for him so badly. Even though I adore and would die for Mahershala Ali, truly, like, love him so much. But I was, those were my three upsets that I wanted. I wanted Regina King to win. I knew she was going to win. I wanted Bradley. I wanted Olivia. And I wanted Richard. That's what I wanted. And I got one of them. If this world um, was perfect. You, know. you got two. You got two. Of, you got two of four. Yes. You got. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Regina was a given at that point, but yes, I was. That's true. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, but the fifth for supporting actor was Sam Rockwell for Vice. Which, what are you doing, Kat? I mean, it was it was truly like the same performance he gave in Three Billboards the year before, for he, which he won for. So it was it was obviously residual, just like Academy love, but also Brian Tyree Henry and If Beale Street Could Talk. Or- five or like 10 other actors yeah a million other performances that year that could have been nominated and like i'm so sorry saying Rockwell. also steven yun and burning is my big one where it's like i know that has negative chance but it's like my goodness what a no what a presence but i mean like also sam rockwell like stop being you're gonna be started getting typecast as racist so oh and that already hasn't happened (laughs) i mean 
you Is got your continue to be best, right yeah there yeah, yeah that's it nope. do um, you want to stop or is this something you are comfortable with yeah are you just like yeah. is this something that you're content with <laughs> i really like sam rockwell too i do I, <laughs> right he's a good actor it's like i i want you know it's some, it, he's someone that's like he has charisma it's like he does he absolutely does <laughs> you just don't want to like target that gravitas into unlikable people yeah yeah, um, but Sam Elliott. Let's get back to Sam Elliott. Oh my god, he's good. <laughs> those sad eyes, just like oh, those Sam. sad, sad eyes. I, I mean, mean, his the shot on Twitter was talking about that shot of him when he turned around in the car. Yes, that's the shot. That's one of the shot. Like out of like the top five shots of the movie that will stay culturally relevant. That's top three. Yeah, it's like it's literally like yeah. daddy issues personified. Truly, <laughs> truly, it's in mean, a uh, loving way. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I love the scene when um, they're 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 having that fight. Like you sold Dad's ranch, and you can't tell me I, I, I did. Ranch? <laughs> I did tell for you. You were fucking drunk. Like there's so much that he's like. Like he's so selective with what words he's saying, but like they're barely getting out. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I kind of gave the same compliment to Brad, but it's like I guess that that goes both ways since he's in, he's doing an imitation. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's incredible. so weird that he, that Sam Elliott was the deciding factor of what voice Brad was gonna do. Mm-hmm. A char- an actor who has eighteen minutes of screen time dictated what voice the main character of the film was going to do that's kind of nuts but i do think i think i think bradley worked to get him for the movie that would make sense unless he had five different voices prepared like if he casted nick nolte or whatever like he had a totally different voice yeah no but he worked to get sam elliott for the part and like basically had to tell him like i want to do your voice and that's like, mm. and Emily was like, okay. I you stole my fucking voice. Oh, I'll take my voice for this movie. You but actually another, stole my fucking another, voice. <laughs> another way that he just like brought his real life into this movie, as much as like, I don't think Sam Elliott like resents Bradley Cooper for like imitating him in this movie. It is yeah. very like, it is factual and it feels like you're, and that's why, that's another reason why. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Bradley and Gaga like, had a little something something on the side i don't know i don't really yeah. they wrote some songs together and that songwriting process might have had some alone time so that alone time might have not been as work professional as they may have oh my god one of the worst the narrative i don't really believe it though to be honest yeah that i was gonna say one of the worst parts of this movie becoming so popular is just the th- thirst and the just absolute rabid fan base of they must be together they must be romantically involved just begging every god known to man that they be an actual couple and also horribly harassing bradley cooper's wife my goodness (laughs) yeah poor oh no that's i and i did hate it because like everyone was like you're just naive like they're totally doing it like i mean like you know that right say it again Diane Warren wrote, co-wrote songs on this. Yeah, she wrote the uh, SNL one. Yeah, and Mark Ronson, like Mark Ronson's Gaga's boy. No, obviously he was up there with her for shallow, for shallow and everything. And like, 
it is like I, I do just think obviously it was a very intimate movie to make. I think you can it's that's it screams that. Because even I mean one of my favorite hey, that's you. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when Allie and Ramon get picked up to go to the airport and they get on the plane and they're like popping the champagne. It's so fun. The stewardess is yelling at them and he's like damn like your boyfriend's rich it's like he's not my boyfriend it just we're not dating very, it feels very yes we're not dating that's it's, another meta moment so, yeah. no but they all the, the characters feel so lived in mm, oh yeah mm-hmm. obviously i think that's true of any for the most part oscar nominated film and that's like the kind of something that makes movie a movie special is when you can feel very like they're very lost in the role, even if you're saying, okay, yeah. that's Lady Gaga and she's playing this character, but you, you feel like she really believes it too. Yeah. I do think all of them believe You it. want to believe it as much as the performer believes exactly. it. Exactly. And the yeah. performer yeah. believes it. If the performer doesn't believe it, it's very obvious. And I think the performers here, the performances were just all out, you know, on going all in on this basically and that i mean there were just obviously this is it with any movie all the factors have to come together but i do very much feel like totally these factors all came together for this. i would say they like, all play that distinct characters too otherwise from uh the off-screen relationship it's that sauna steamy performance at the oscars of shallow I, i'm just saying it did kind of uh bring out Right. They're performers. They're people too. They're just like us. They're people. Totally. I mean, it's it's very. uh, It makes sense why people would be gravitated towards that narrative. You saw Gaga when Gaga went on Kimmel with her Oscar and was like, "We were playing a part." Hello, you know. And I mean, I do think she had to do that because at that point the rumors were too much, and neither just. with it anymore. It's ridiculous. They had hooked up. I don't think either of them really like cared enough that they were like, okay, like enough is enough. We're not having an affair, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the. We'll wait for Stars Born too. Oh no. We'll see how it all wraps up. <laughs> it's I, it's her and the puppy. <laughs> I mean, I have been holding it with great, um, you know, strength that. Chromatica is Allie Main's uh, comeback record. That would be Rain on me, post death, death. She wants your stupid love, and also rain on her. She's, you know, she can take the pain. <laughs> Lady Gaga <laughs> sponsored us. I'll never love again. It's like that's your thirty. Like you will love again. Yeah, I was gonna say I, <laughs> I heard that time. song, and I'm like, yeah. I don't know about all that. I don't know about. Hey, how old is Lady Gaga? Gaga? She is um is she actually 30? 33. Oh. I believe. No way. She's 34. She just turned 34. Why did I think she was way older? That's bananas. Wow. No. Oh my god, she's young. Yeah. Wow. I mean, she feels very culturally life. present. Yeah, I, I think, think she's because she's been around for so long. It's a bit like Taylor yeah, Swift, right? 12 like... years. So since she was like in her early 20s. But I mean, mm-hmm. she was in the industry before that as well, like yeah. like But Just Dance was 2008. So 12 years of Gaga. God bless her. Many Can't wait to, to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I think all the performances are great. You, you got Dice Clay just Dice Clay. doing great yeah. stuff. Uh, he's really 
he's i mean it's odd a perfectly casted character oh wait something i meant to tell you before we started i just sorry i remembered this that uh, i listened to the blank check episode right before this and um the title card when it pops up Barry Shabaka Henley and uh injured ice clay uh that's when griffin was asked to leave the theater when he started jerking off because it's like that is so him like (laughs) why did you just why did you No, i just thought that was a like that was a funny joke that you should because it's like oh my god that's like character actor heaven (laughs) it is very much character actor heaven um but speaking of the title card that opening title card of her in the tunnel amazing yeah just an homage to the original Sorry. Even if it's it's just it's extraordinary. I just just her just walking that. I don't know. I I think it's. I mean, we talked about it, like it's a gorgeously shot movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so it's so well made. Uh, like just, all the concert scenes and it's just gorgeous. Uh, yeah, it was nominated for cinematography. I know yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Did you know that? Um, Joan. Fact, this was actually my my pick to win cinematography, like personally. Even though it was competing with a favorite, I was like, you know what? <laughs> what were you going to say, Meg? Did you know that Joan Didion co-wrote the screenplay for the 90- 1976 A Star is Born? Who's Joan Didion? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Who's Joan Didion? I know. Oh, my God. No, she's like a political feminist writer. From uh, Oh, yes. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. I feel okay. I sound like a dick. Year of magical thinking. Um, yes, I mean, yes, she's yes, still yes. alive. She's eighty-five. But, um, I, I sound like a chauvinist pig. I no, apologize. You're fine. <laughs> Just she co-wrote the seventy-six one. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, she co-wrote it. So, so this screenplay is based on her screenplay. Obviously, it's based on all that. I guess the question that we have to answer then is like that's a good transition. Conveniently, why do we keep remaking this? There's four of them. Tales Oldest Time, I think Meg said, said it earlier. It's Tales Oldest Time. It's Star. It's Generations. I mean, like, the whole fucking song yeah. of Let the Old Ways Die. That's the whole movie, you know? It's like, it's, you know, it's the passing on the torch. It's, you know. We as, we as Americans are obsessed with Hollywood as much as... Uh, know, and we, fame. Um, we're, we're obsessed with that fame and that Hollywood, like, peak. Because I think it's the at the end of the day like ultimate american dream even people who hate it and stuff if she does it i can do it wish they could be up there you know wish they could and i think people even people who who would be too shy or anything kind of almost wish they could have that star power i mean it's wish fulfillment it is wish fulfillment it absolutely is and it's good i mean that's what fucking movies are i mean a lot of times if it's done you know appropriately i think it's good i think that's i think we can live vicariously you know, we can see a life and a journey um, that can feel a little bit, it can make us feel a little more whimsical and imaginative um, and all the other words to hit and on that cliche. And it's why this was a hit. I mean, like, I don't even think there's like anything else to say. I think that this is why it was, it's why it's, it was a hit. It's why yeah. it's fantastic. Um, I think Chappelle's good. I think he's good. Get out of town. Oh um, my God. So he's yeah, a, and I mean, it's like it was in that period of time when he was making his comeback too. Yeah, he just came back for the he Netflix came, specials. Yeah, and he was just very omnipresent he in just culture again. Came out with one in the beginning of the year, just came out with one at the end of the year. So it's like everybody was still talking about him. Yeah, he was everywhere. I mean, he ho- he hosted SNL. Yeah, and it must have been 2018 because I remember because that was the year of 
The Walking Dead where they had the whole Negan thing. I know this is crazy to say, but Hang I on. know this is weird, but like the time whole out. Negan time and, they, time and time Dave out. Chappelle did a Negan sketch on oh, SNL. Oh, yes. And that yeah. was in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like all and his characters so, on the Chappelle show. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. That's so I was so yeah, that so I can just say for certain that he hosted SNL in 2018 during this. Yeah, he was very omnipresent in culture and he's still he's still kind of maintaining that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's good in this movie. Um, Barry Shabaka Especially Henley. with the recent comedy hour, he's back in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, com- comedy hour, I suppose, like that's... It's a little problematic, though. Yeah. I mean, uh, by a little, I mean a lot problematic. <laughs> yeah, there's... A- he's good in this movie. He is. We can um, He's good in this movie. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't really like Gaga is extraordinary. Um, I'm just trying Should to. Should we go to favorite scene? I mean, I guess. Um, I mean, I think also the script. I think even like the bare bones of it is pretty. Again, like it's a it's a tale as old as time. It's reworked. It's a remake. Blah blah blah. But I do think in its discussion about art, I think is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. How like the whole idea of I mean the whole line of. Uh, it's the same story over and over forever. All an artist can offer the world is how they see those 12 notes. I mean, I think that's a good line. I think I, I think you got to say that again with the Sam Elliott voice. Uh, no, thank you. Um, the discussion <laughs> of like the connection of what someone has to say versus what their art is, I think is good. I mean, a lot of it can be really corny and cheesy and like eye rolly, but I think in this movie, it's pretty good. But that's um, not I the movie s- we got. And that's what I find despite its qualms, that's what I find most impressive is because how equal, uh, equally timely and timeless it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the execution was just so um, uh, spectacular that I, I can look past what it may have done a little worse than other areas. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel aged. It feels yeah, very yeah. culturally relevant, even though, like, I mean, the whole YouTube side of it makes it feel like, yeah, this is very 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and internet famous and all that. That's how many people watched it. <laughs> that was, he's so, yeah. How do they I mean, know? The whole, the whole limo drivers are just so, like, they're, they're funny. Yeah. They're funny. All right, what's your favorite? that spinoff. Yeah. All right, favorite scene. And I think we should, I don't know, we can't take, I, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to put my foot down. We're, I'm going to make a roll. You cannot take shallow. You cannot take the first shallow. I quit. I, I, I literally, I have to put my foot down because it's just like the easiest answer we've ever given on this show. You just can't do it. Or this podcast. It's a show okay. Podcast. I think mine is a tie between Always Remember Us This Way and uh, the fight scene in the bathroom. The improv fight scene in the bathroom. Is that improv? Yeah. You can tell, actually. That's fuck? a really good scene. What the fuck out? You're so fucking ugly. You're just so, you're fucking, just so ugly. fucking ugly. I can be a drinking buddy. You want me to be a drinking buddy? It's also missed time too. Like they react to each other's line after they like that's move on to another line. That's because it's improv. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Like that. I mean, I just noticed it now. We're like looking for that yes and. Yeah. It's yes. really good. It's really good mm-hmm. how like, yeah, it makes it feel, wow. Yeah. Sorry. That blew my mind. Yeah. That's, that makes total sense. You didn't know it's he like was you don't feel- fucking ugly and she reacted to it. Oh wow! Yeah, that I mean, that would be a I would yeah. react as well to Lady Gaga statement. is actually 
calling you Bradley Cooper ugly. It. It's on the extended soundtrack, scene 98. You can literally just listen to the dialogue. Scene 98. That's really funny. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite scene? Jack, do you want to go or, or can I go? Do you have yours? Yeah, I have mine. All right, you can go. I mean, it's pretty simple. And I think I have a feeling you might have taken it, but it's him sobbing at rehab. Yeah. It's him just like, it's yeah. just him. I'm so sorry. I'm embarrassed you. He just, he, he's okay. It's like he's all talking, of that is now like been stored up in a container. Mm-hmm. And now it's just, it's he's also regressing stuff. into a child. And I mean, and I say that in the most, but like the best way possible. I mean, any, any, <coughs> no one cries like an adult. Everyone cries like a child. There's no such thing as crying like an adult. When you're sobbing, you act like a child. Every single fucking person on this earth. And so him just getting, you know, kind of retaining that, like how, you know, basically balling up and just saying, I'm so sorry, I embarrassed you. And, he, and she keeps consoling him. And he, keep, and he says, okay, that's true, but I'm so sorry. You know, it's like he understands maybe it's not like he receives the compliment or not the compliment, but like the reassurance, it's not all the way his fault, but he still feels like he has to keep going and be like, no, 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 I have to make amends some way. I have to put all of this out. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's so heartbreaking and emotional. Um, and yeah, it, it's, he's a good crier. Five out of five. You know, cries. who else is a good crier is uh, Sam Elliott. Is that your favorite um, scene? Oh. It's my favorite scene. Wait, which one? Again, like, uh, <laughs> which one? Yeah, it's 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 when he's backing out of the driveway and he tells mm. him that he was the one he idolized. Shorter. Not his dad. Then yeah, amazing. I, that that I remembered. This watch, I was like, oh, eleven minutes. Yeah, long scene. He cuts it. He lets you get a glimpse of the yeah. droid face of Sam Elliott. His soul is taken out of his body. Like, are you kidding me? It's. And I love how he has to back out like a, with a truck in a weird driveway. And I also have this like the most existential moment he's yeah. ever had as an yeah. emotional human being. Oh and he has goodness. to just be like, I guess I have to drive now. I, I have, have to, to operate a I moving have to leave. vehicle. I have to leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, I cannot stay here. Uh, so good. Um, good and movie. Yeah, and, uh, a bit like that rehab scene Brad just holds on it. He's just like, I, I got to drag this out. But it's not like a forced moment no like, I, i'm just gonna drag this uh just like jack main would it's a and, very physical uh, you know choked up is such a metaphor is kind of a you know descriptor now yeah. not of anything necessarily physical you know just like oh i'm getting really choked up you know mm-hmm. when you start crying but it is very much a physical manifestation of choked up where he like can't he's choking on his words actually yeah. Yeah. He, he's holding the door and he's saying it wasn't that it was yeah, you, yeah. you know like yeah. it's it's very um very, very physical yeah. clay what, you want to add? what a movie God, stop it stop I, it you want to be my um, buddy. great movie uh i mean we've, we've talked about there are some issues i have with shush uh, there are some. <laughs> I do have some issues with like the Asian character and how he doesn't feel like a character. He feels like an amalgamation, amalgamation of whatever. We've t- talked about it, but no, yeah, this is a good movie. Um, I think it's incredibly well made. Um, and I think it's just. It. I don't know if I can rewatch it as much because it's so emotionally draining. But it's just. It's such an experience. Say it again. Twice in theaters. Mm-hmm. I saw once before the Oscars again mm-hmm. 
saw it once after, and then I watched it recently with my mom in quarantine. Five like, times. It's too much. The five it's like, timers club. Very emotionally taxing. Like I've said this about yeah. little women too. Like I literally bought Little Women on digital, and mm-hmm. I have I watched it the one time when I first bought it with my mom because she had to see it. I haven't. I'm like, oh, I'll watch it. I can watch it every day. No, it's too emotional. It's too much. Yeah. You have to be in the I right. Can't. Yeah, you really do. You really do. But it is very I mean, that, oh, yeah. a story. Like Bradley told a hell of a story, I think, in like in his own oh, way. Yeah. His own it's an journey. amazing story, but he's an amazing storyteller. Yeah. There you go. I mean, it's a it's a great journey. I, I, I it's it feels fulfilled at the end of it. It feels like a whole journey. And that's mm-hmm. what we all yeah. want in our cinema, a journey to escape to, to realize, to live through, to experience. We want I'll a journey. Preach. I will preach. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, is there anything else we wanted to shout out real quick before uh, you start doing the plugs? Charlie the dog. Ugh. Charlie, man. Great dog. I mean, it's a little fucked up. Great a year for dogs, too, with Game Night I mean, and Widows. Every year is a great year for dog, but I, I agree. Oh my. I mean, dog, the same dog? Yes. I, I'm sorry, but I do have to say this. Fuck you, Bradley Cooper, for putting that dog right out, like laying like outside the garage door while he's hanging. Fuck you for that shot, man. Well, he got I out really... of the house. Just... He, he knew he was in trouble. It's so cruel. I'm, I'm kind like it's. I can't tell if it's a good shot or emotionally manipulating, but I'm angry all the same. Also, the dog's like... name was Dad, so Bradley Cooper's dead. Dad. Get out so... of town. Oh, he's working some issues out in this movie. <laughs> he really is. There was some emotional baggage. All right. Um, <laughs> shout out to that dog. Yes. Shout out to Bradley Cooper's emotional damage. Um, yeah. Uh, plugs. Meg, where can everyone find yeah. you on the internet? Everybody can find me at the Meg Brady on Twitter and Instagram. Also on my podcast, I'm screaming. Um, anywhere podcasts are found and i'll be making brian terry henry references every single episode it's my it's my shtick and uh uh, yeah i mean guys thanks so much for having me on again it's been a blast we finally got to the star is born this has literally been in the making since like the beginning of the first episode and now you're never going to come on ever yeah this is it this This was it this was like we have nothing more to talk about I yes. think maybe if Bill Street could talk, if you guys do that, I'll come on. Because mm. I can just Absolutely. sing Brian Tyree Henry's praises. <laughs> yeah. it, would, it, would close the, it would close the loop uh, pretty nicely. Um, Jack, where can everyone find <laughs> you? You do two and a half hours just on his scene. I mean, oh, that, that's true. I mean, that's not even hyperbole. Um, no, true. not even a joke. <laughs> we can yeah. do an hour um, on his tears. <laughs> really? The Barry Jenkins close-up deserves like four hours. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm on Twitter at Jack A Draper, and my writing about movies can be found at uh, Cineflix Daily and The Simple Cinephile. Everyone can find me at Clayful100 on Twitter, on Instagram, on Letterbox. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. You can find us on our Twitter account, the podcast Twitter account at ETT Pod. You can leave us a voicemail with a comment or question on anchor um we please remember to rate review subscribe give us those five stars we really appreciate it uh next week we have oh yes um uh annihilation with isaac felberg oh fun one annihilation oh yeah oh that's a talk about a bop that score is a bop (laughs) 
Oh, that was, oh, God. That's, that's, you know, the, man, that's yeah. going to be a movie. That's going to be, be a movie. It, I mean, I, I still have trauma, but, you know, we'll work it out. Yeah, we'll work it out we'll work. as we work out our trauma every week on this podcast because this is very <laughs> healthy. Um, thank you all so much for listening. You know, Please. honestly, like, I don't say it enough, but, like, whoever listens to this, like, gosh, I, I cannot shout believe out. you do. Like, shout out. Shout out to the people who actually download this and Appreciate put it in your library. Like, Seriously. It's not even, like, it's beyond appreciation. Like, there are thousands of movie podcasts with men hosting them, and you choose us? Out of all of them, it's and true. that's just unbelievable. Like that's, and we don't even have that great hair too. Like I mean, we don't even you have great use... hair. We're no. not even that old. We don't. We are not that seasoned or like. Jaded I mean, I don't have a beard. You could Why listen to someone with a beard. You shouldn't be listening to this. Is what I'm no, trying really to say. Shouldn't. Like honestly, no. us. Honestly, stop it. Like delete stop. it off no, your no, phone please, now. Please. What the us. fuck you doing? Come on. Like I'll never forgive you for listening to us. Okay. In fact, but, I regret doing this. No. I regret all of it. But thank you all so much for listening. Uh, please remember. Yeah. Truly thank you. Econ the police. Black Lives Matter. We'll catch you next time.